Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for the art of the CEO. The show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I am your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. <laughs> and whether you're an eagle-eyed analyst who evaluates the true worth of corporations on the block for acquisitorial buyers like Jeanette, or you're the founder of your own literary agency in the cutthroat world of publishing like Karen, we're here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters and to help your career and your business. So every Tuesday at 2 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, the art of the CEO streams live through your cyber doors in the miracle of cyberspace. And every show, uh, including this one, may be downloaded by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. So visit and explore for your benefit. And just to remind you all out there, we are having a grand gala celebration on March 19th to celebrate our first full year of the Art of the CEO radio show. And some of our listeners, including you, may be invited, so stay tuned and we'll tell you a little bit more about that later on. Now, today's episode is entitled, The Well-Told Tale, Spellbinding Your Listeners. (laughs) Yes, today what we're really going to do is we're we're going to get you listened to. We are going to get you more presentable. We're going to have folks in the office hanging on your every word by using one of history's oldest and, unfortunately, more forgotten methods of communicating, storytelling. Yes, my friends, we have right here in our studio a lady who is going to resurrect your most boring reports and take you back into one of humankind's most effective and elemental communication formats. We have here with us that very lady, the speech pathologist, presentation coach, Miss Eileen Sinet, CEO of Speaking That Connects. And she, yes, she's going to teach us how to unfold a tale whose lightest words will harrow up thy soul, make thine eyes start from thine orbs like spheres, set thy heart afire and make each particular hair to stand on end like quills upon a fretful porpentine, if the words of Hamlet are anything to go by. Uh, but before the very real abilities of Miss Sinet lure me away further off the track, and by the way, you do need to read her book, Speaking That Connects, but um, before I go off the deep end of reason any further, let's take a moment to supply you out there with a few utensils for our Feast of Wisdom. So first, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So I ask, will this be the day that you give a compliment to a stranger or strike up a conversation and learn about the person next to you on the train and get out and live in your world? Or will you keep your nose buried in your handheld device and convince yourself that you really are doing something important? The choice is truly yours. Now, for a second utensil, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it down. Here we are, here we are. Uh, Okay, this is number 26. For some, the attache case holds an evening full of work and worry. And for others, it holds only the relief of ham on rye. (laughs) And as an afterthought, 
what a person totes around all day really is very revealing. If your case holds more hours of labor than you are achieving at the office, it may be time to take a squint at your schedule as well as your life's priorities. Now, for the third utensil, perhaps we should call this day's utensil the, excuse me, folks, the diversity stir, we will give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave the air, we will broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of the author, as you believe him or her to be. Just simply write info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're right, we will send along to you a marvelous gift from the Dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. So, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, a criminal is a person with predatory instincts who has not sufficient capital to form a corporation. (laughs) That was none other than the founder of the technocracy movement, as well as a corporation founder himself, Howard Scott. So now let us dig into the feast and call upon the coach who makes having your say much more fun and a much more effective experience, Miss Eileen Sinnett. Eileen, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great. Thanks for asking. Well, it's ah, glad you could come along and come on board and, and help us out here. Now, uh, you and your, your really very dynamic speaking that connects from have been coaching people to present better and to drive home their messages more effectively, I guess now, for some for a couple of decades at least. And I'm am I right that most of us, the majority of, of intelligent men and women, really don't present themselves very well at all. Is that right? Well they don't give their presentations uh that well in terms of interest to the audience. They may know their topic okay. really well, but their presentation not the personal presentation, but the formality of their presentation and the guts of their presentation could be better packaged. All right. Uh, that's that's a very good answer. It's a good good point. Yeah. I think a lot of people know what they're talking about, but uh as you say getting it across is is uh all important. Now, before we get into the the main theme of today, I uh, I'd like to carry on that line a bit. Can you give us just uh, two things that most people don't do right, that they should watch for when they're giving a a presentation. Things they can fix. Just two, huh? (laughs) Okay. So one of my big bugaboos. I've got about ten to start with, but I'll try just to narrow that to two. One of the big mistakes people have is planning their presentation from their mental agenda rather than thinking about what's in it for the audience. They have an idea, they want to get it across, but they haven't really thought as the audience would think. And I was doing a presentation to a group recently and brought this point up, and someone said to me, I never thought about the audience first. I always started with slides and my agenda. And the second, so the second big bugaboo I have is that a lot of, business people will start by collecting slides from previous presentations and build their story or message around the slides, most of which have too much text on them. And as a result, (laughs) no one's listening to you because you are the one with the words, not the slides. I couldn't believe we agree with you more. Death by 
PowerPoint should be a capital offense. And when someone puts a slide up there, and there's only 125 words on that slide, uh, right. you really do feel more like lynching somebody, anybody. <laughs> so the, the um, whole idea of uh, keeping an audience interested to get your message across gets diluted, if not aborted totally, just by the idea that you have text in front of them on a big screen with a projector whose light draws them in. And so you could keep on rattling off what you have to say in a very dynamic, prolific way, but everyone's eyes are on the slide and they're reading. So yeah. it, it undermines. It totally undermines. I Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. That's that's so true. But um, and we, we, I'd love to talk about that more and rant a bit, but... Uh, we really did come here for a, another purpose, and that is uh, something that so many of us have forgotten. The the really best way to spark people's interest and make it memorable is through a story, right? Okay, I get that. But for a business person, what do you mean by storytelling for a, for a business person? I'm going to simplify it because there's a lot okay. of different ways to look at storytelling. So for uh, my business presentation purposes, I'm asking presenters to take their numbers, their data, their facts, and narrate the why behind the what. And it could look like um, a story, like perhaps you could use a King Midas story that could say, be careful what you ask for, or, or talk about greed, right. and then link it to something that happened in the business you know, world, uh, or it could be um, last year we had a vision and we had this problem and we only had 35% margin, blah, 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 but uh, we instituted this new technology and even though everybody grumbled about it and we didn't want to spend right. the money, blah, 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 right, right, right. and look at today. And that's a, an easier kind of story to tell because it's it's just an overview rather than attaching an Excel sheet or just showing the chart of all the numbers. Okay, so so what you're saying is it is possible to avoid just data dumping in my report, and but uh, with, with a good story. But I still have to get my my data out there. Uh, so should I, I do I make the 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 data the, the the sort of skeleton and and build around it? Is that is that a a good way to start? Well, you know there are different ways to go to Canada from New Jersey, you know, and but you're still going to go north, right? So right. I'm not going to be absolute about this, but generally speaking, yeah. you build the message, the story first, and the data. Right. Okay supports the story. And if you illustrate oh, it with okay. PowerPoint, that's the illustration of the story. But there's a message there. Okay. There's a message that's your story. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think I'd like to that's that's really very important is that I I think this is a quill pen moment. I'd like you all to take your pens, lift them up, dip them in the inkwell and jot this down that the data is not the story. The, your theme, the message you're trying to get across, that's the real item that you need to concentrate on. Data in its, you aren't 
there to present data. And, and I think that's that's a very good point. The the trouble with all of this, Eileen, is uh, I, I just have trouble seeing my my CFO coming to the office and launching out his report on the, the cost of our new bookstore layout with Once Upon a Time. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this. Suppose I have a, a team of uh, this getting rev- the revenue results for our new software, suppose. We've just come out with a new software product, and we and uh, this team's got the revenue results for how it's been doing its first year. Uh, could you give me a good example of how I might effectively present that stuff, that data, in a, in a story form that would, would work? Okay, I think I touched on this before, but it could be as simple as the narration of what was the vision or the objective last year, right. how people perceived it, who was involved, what was the emotional tone of making that decision, and then linking that into the numbers and the results and the highlights and the message of what you want to get across with this, uh, re- with the results. So it's not the Midas touch story. It's not a parable. It's not a biblical reference. Uh, but it is a narration. So instead of saying, we got 35% X with this new software, you leave it into a past, a present, and maybe a future. So there's always some kind of beginning, middle, and end. I wouldn't say always. In many of your storytelling uh, business stories, there's a place you start from. There's some rising action or conflict that gets managed. And then there's some kind of resolution. And that's a simplified version. But you started somewhere, right, with your revenue or with this proposal. You bought into it, the software, and now you have the results. It's different than just saying, "Here are the results." Right. Okay. I well, you know, you you really are right. Last year, three hundred ninety-one thousand books were published, and of the top five hundred, four hundred and fifty-seven told stories. They were mm-hmm. novels, and people. So that's what people want to hear. And to make sense of, and to further to make sense of the data, it's what they need to hear to move data into thought. So I, I think you you really are are right on with that. Um, I was are there I, I we've I've heard some of the elements of storytelling such as transition and narrative storyline and anecdotes uh, are not. Is not the anecdote uh, a nice way of moving things along? Are, are there other story elements I should be aware of? Oh, I, I love personal anecdotes, especially to begin a presentation. So okay. uh, the opening of a presentation, if it's anecdotal, draws people in to the emotional field of who you are, why you're there, etc. And it can be something very personal about yourself. Uh Um, When I was promoting this event for the community last year, um, I could start an anecdotal presentation opening by saying the weather forecast was rain. 
we had invested $10,000 in procuring a band, right? And we were nervous, and it was a team effort. And tell you the truth, I was scared, really scared, that all this effort was going to be for naught. And if you continue around that and say, and come back to the present, but we made the decision, and lo and behold, the skies did not, you know, parted and Moses. Right. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's 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 different than saying last year we did a community event and it was successful. Right. That's a factual statement, but it's not story like. And you so, know, it's less effective to go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it's less effective often to cut to the bottom line, to cut to the chase, to get there. It's That's when you're pa- impatient, you want to get the heck out of the meeting. But the real truth of it is, you miss the real gold of the message when you very often when you cut to the chase. Eileen, could you just, uh, uh, I want to make sure our, miss, our, our listeners here don't miss out. You've got a marvelous book out there, and could you tell, tell them the title of it and where they can get a copy? Absolutely. So the name of the book is Speaking That Connects, and it's a how-to book that delineates a process of putting together a presentation effectively, focused on preparation, delivery, and that invisible essence that makes everything pop. So it's Speaking That uh-huh. Connects. And it can be uh, purchased through my website, speakingthatconnects.com, uh-huh. and through bartsbooks.com, and through amazon.com, uh, probably Barnes <laughs> & Noble. So if, you, so if you don't get one, ladies and gentlemen, it's not because it's difficult. All right. Good for you. I, I recommend it heartily. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the midpoint of our feast, and it is time to take a brief survey. And by way of that, I think we should introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit them at bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of some very practical wisdom from business masters. And the folks at Prometheus would like to invite you uh, to take a look at one of their books. This was the book that launched this show, The Art of the CEO. It's a guide which employed the state council of many really fine business leaders like uh, well, one of them was Eileen, and it kept ideas streaming fresh within the book, and that's what led to the radio show, the Art of the CEO radio show, when people uh, said, uh, well, we like your authorities, we want to read more about them, so here we are. And to celebrate our first year on the air, the Art of the CEO is going to be having, as we, I mentioned earlier, a gala party with rampant jocularity, fine Merlot, music, etc., etc., on March 19th. 6 p.m. right here in Cranberry, New Jersey, in the Cranberry Inn, with some of the most cogent business leaders and our joy, can I guarantee you, will be unrefined. So if we uh, would love to have uh, you, some of our listeners, come and join us. So if you are one of the first 10 listeners to write us and email us saying you'd like to attend, we will send you a personal invitation to the March 19th Art of the CEO Gala. And just 
send that. Just say, I want to come to the party. And send that to info at bartsbooks.com, I-N-F-O, bartsbooks.com. And we would love to have you join us and, and have some fun as we celebrate our first anniversary. And in the meantime, you can go to bartsbooks.com web store and browse a little bit and find some applicable tools. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all those wise enough to make snow angels in this chilly weather rather than bemoan it, we are back with a lady who is spinning the story of presentation profitability, Miss Eileen Sinet. Now, Eileen, from you have a background in speech pathology, I believe I'm right, and you have yes. told me that the storytelling or story perceiving uh, involves a different part of the brain than your standard business speak. Uh, how do, what do you mean? Could you explain that to our, our audience? Yes, and most of us are totally unconscious of this, as am I, but uh, neurobiologists have concurred that uh, stories being innate and hardwired into the human psyche are processed and um, perceived by listeners through the limbic system, which is the emotional system, the feeling system, as well as the amygdala. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not right brain at or left brain. When you're talking numbers or you're using language, you're using the left linear brain, but your pictures or the images that you paint or the story feeling that you're telling are coming from either the right brain area, the more creative side, or part of the, again, feeling um, limbic system. So it's never really all or, you know, all or nothing or one side or the other side or one part of the brain versus the other. It's, it's more like getting the balance of integrating facts with fiction or story with data. Actually, I think that's... That's a very good point. I think we tend to do this separation. I'm a right brain. I'm a left brain. Actually, when numbers were first created, they uh, both in ancient Babylon and in ancient Greece, each number stood for something. One stood for man, two stood for man and woman. And I shouldn't. I won't ramble on and waste your uh, precious time on this. But story numbers each had a name and a, and a symbol standing for something. So we do tend to blend, blend our brains together. Uh, and so would I really be right now, uh, Eileen, in saying that storytelling is the sort of thing that can take my listeners' minds beyond the numbers and, and imbue them with with some real meaning then, right? Not only imbue them with real meaning, but add to their ability to retain the information. Information uh, that that's narrated in a story form has been proven to um, impart more retention. So uh, just a fact, a fact is a what, but a fact with why you're doing it or involved in a storyline is a why and a what. And that is important in terms of processing and retention sure sure rather than i i said 391,000 books were published last year but if i can say that 
if I can say that 391,000 people were sitting scribbling out their life stories last year. I've, I've, I'm going to put something. You changed it, yeah. <laughs> you right. got it, absolutely. <laughs> and, of course, you're very uh, good at this. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, I'm a little more. Uh, many people say I'm full of it. Uh, advice that is. Uh, I know one of the things that always keeps me listening to a story is that sense of suspense. What's going to happen next? Can I actually build suspense into a business presentation, or am I just going off the deep end? Well, Steve Jobs did it when he um, talked about the three revolutionary device. Yeah, three devices in one product in 2007 when he talked about having um, the iPhone, an Internet uh, communicator, and uh, an iPod all in one. It was right. the iPhone. You know, so he built suspense when, if you look at that uh, YouTube or TED Talk presentation. I think branding and new product development, you might have more opportunity for that, whereas sure, research and sure. development may, you know, depends if it's clinical trials, if it's analytics, if it's, you know, engineering, yes or no, depending upon the what and the why. So suspense is right. not necessarily, I mean, it's great for fiction, but when we're talking business storytelling, it's really a smaller uh, – it, it's inputting a piece of that, but not necessarily the whole of it into your presentation. So sometimes no. the answer to your question is sometimes you can, and oftentimes okay. you don't need to. Well, yeah, I, I think sometimes you can do it in the very first sentence, it seems to me. If I say it was one of the toughest things – that Macintosh ever had to achieve, and then, and then you give what that tough thing was: getting rid of the bugs of its of its newest pages uh, Word document. Even in that, I, you've you said, okay, what is what, what is the toughest darn thing they've ever had to achieve? <laughs> you know? and, exactly. Uh, okay, so it can uh, be just a sentence grabber, an yeah, opening yeah. that's a grabber that builds curiosity. I, I've got to ask one final question here. This this just kills me. I'm got, what the heck is wrong with us, ladies and gentlemen of business? You know, you and I are sitting there over a cup of coffee, and you ask me about my recent trip to Florence. A guy in a, meets a buddy at a bar, and he wants to talk about the Super Bowl. And we give the answers in story form. We we tell what happened in the Super Bowl in story form. It's dramatic, and you're able to grasp the, entire, the whole feeling of the situation. But then you take those two guys out of the bar. You sit them down in a business office, and they lapse into this sort of sacred business rhetoric, the bottom line clip, just the facts, ma'am, jargon. And and that's really boring, aren't I? I mean, why do we do that? What's what's uh, Any idea? I do. I think... That the business world um, has come to a halt around it, but has been focused on facts, results, metrics, tracking, and we've had to do a lot more with a lot less. Time is of the essence, and there haven't been a whole lot of great role models for Relax storytelling to get your point across. And so we follow in the footsteps of our leaders, some of which are, you know, 
kind of dry, some of which are um, better than others, but it's all fact-based. And it's it's interesting now because companies for the last two years have been talking now, tell the story behind the numbers. We need data with a soul. Um, uh, what's the strategic story in, in, in this marketing um, you know, proposal? And so it's kind of like the spirit of humanity is coming full circle into the business world. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we realize we've stepped too far into the flatland of modernity, and we want we realize that there is a real value, not just in the in the data, but in the people. After after all, business is business that makes people. Eileen, Let's face it, the, before oh, we go, sorry. I just want to make sure that people. Uh, that our listeners out there who want to get in touch with you, who want to learn to tell better stories, or who just want to uh, overcome inhibiting accents, or just want to make better presentations, how can they get in touch with you? My website is speakingthatconnects.com. You can also reach me by email. My last name is Sinet, S-I-N-E-T-T, at speakingthatconnects.com. And my phone number, business number, is 609-799-1400. All righty. Well, this has been a heck of a lot of fun today. We have really enjoyed it, and I and I I've learned a lot, and I uh, am probably going to never stop telling stories. But I may tell them a little bit better after having listened to you. So I thank you very much, and I uh, and all our listeners do too. So and thank you, Barb. It's been uh, delightful. Oh, oh yeah, it always is. So as we round out the show today, uh, folks, allow me to leave you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said, the executive exists to make sensible exceptions to general rules? I love that. And uh, hint, the, the person who said it is, is an MIT prof who wrote Men, Machines, and Modern Times. I'll let you, if you know the name of that person, send that name and to info at bartsbooks.com and if you're right again you will receive a marvelous gift from the dungeons of bart's books bookstore and finally as a parting shot in the words of my wife's husband the greatest flaw of technology is that it is devoid of humor the wisdom of laughter is something you yourself must provide thank you very much ladies and gentlemen as always it has been a privilege Good day.